Greetings, greetings, and welcome to the show. This is Wrong Place, Right Crime, and I'm your host, Frank Zafiro, and this is an open and shut episode with Bo Johnson. Now, Bo is a short story author extraordinaire, uh, as well as a guy who has uh, done more than his share to promote other authors, Uh, so we're going to talk to him about both of those things. Before we get to uh, Bo, I do want to tell you that uh, this show is sponsored by Down and Out Books. Down Out Books is a medium-sized publisher of crime fiction, most of it at the darker and grittier end of the spectrum. In fact, they are the publisher of Bo Johnson's uh, books. Uh, If you like that and would like to learn more, you can go to their website, downandoutbooks.com. That's Down and Out Books, all spelled out, downandoutbooks.com. Take the journey with us. And now, let's meet Bo Johnson. Well, hey, Bo, welcome to the show. Frank, thanks for having me. This is my second ever podcast. Can you believe? Well, who was the first? Uh, Eric Beener, if, if you must know. Oh. Uh, it was last month. It's weird. Uh, two in, in two months. And I think uh, you were friends with Eric. Yeah, Eric and I are friends. We wrote three books together. And um, I started this podcast not long after writer types, and certainly that was an inspiration. And he gave me some advice on technical matters and stuff. So, yeah, Eric's one of my favorite people. He is a great guy. I agree. He's a great guy. He did the cover to my first book, All in the Burn. I'll always be indebted to him for that. Yeah, yeah, he did a few of my books too, and he's uh, underrated as a cover designer for sure. But you know, we are here to talk about that book of yours, uh, All of Them to Burn. But I got to ask you before we get started, uh, a few days ago, your Bo's Book Nook had its uh, final episode. It was bittersweet, I agree, yeah. It's just, uh, it's too bad that COVID hit the way it did. My whole goal was to, uh, the whole story is, I better kind of hate my first book. We sold a lot of books in our little craft shop here at, at Grand River Dinner Cruises. So over the course of uh, uh, the winter, we try and figure out ways to create new revenue. And my wife, I think it was my wife. She thinks it was me, but I, I'm giving her credit. She said, what if we uh, order some more books and create a little library? And that was the genesis of Bo's book note. But I have to sell the books to purchase more books to sell more books, to purchase more books. And it just, uh, with COVID, I didn't sell one book this year. So it was bittersweet, but I'm not saying uh, never, because if we get to run regularly next year and I sell uh, some books or through some books, uh, you know what, maybe in a couple of years, we'll have a season three, a resurgence. We'll see. Well, just so people uh, know, it wasn't, uh, you, you were running a river cruise and that's where the books were for sale, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a landing up top where uh, we check everybody in and there's a craft shop up there before they go on their cruise. And uh, I made a deal with uh, Eric Campbell at uh, Down and Out Books, my publisher. I think he's published some of you, your books. And uh, we made it so everybody could make a little bit of money. And uh, I, I, it was sad to see it go, but it was fun doing it. You know what? Sometimes I, I'd come up with some uh, bits that I really enjoy. Some fell flat, but anyways, it, it was fun. <laughs> no, you uh, you had a big presence on social media with it and uh, really promoted other authors quite a bit. And, and I know that uh, they appreciate that. I know I appreciate it it and uh, i guess i have the distinction of being the final book review uh so you were uh, you can't stop with me so you, you hopefully it comes back <laughs> hopefully it does yeah well there'll be one more i usually do like a super cut i try and get because twitter is you can only do 220 seconds so i try and do a super cut of, of the whole season so we'll get mm-hmm. one more out there anyway 
Oh, cool. Cool. Well, all that time promoting other people's work, let's pivot and talk about, about your work. All of Them to Burn is the most recent short story collection, which contains some Bishop Rider stories, uh, although uh, not exclusively. Um, I was lucky enough to get a look at this before we uh, had the show. And one of the things that struck me was, first off, some really cool titles, like uh, one that jumped right out was uh, Netflix and Kill. That was pretty oh, thank uh, One of the things I found interesting is that, you know, this is your third collection of short stories and you've had I believe Bishop Ryder stories in all three of them. And Correct. they're not told in sequence at all, in fact. Yeah, it's weird how it happened. I, and I didn't I didn't set out to do that. It just by the I think fourth or fifth story, I, two things happened at once. I realized I had something with legs. And all of a sudden I'm like, well, I'm telling this story from from two different uh years. And so that's how I, I'm like, well, what if I uh I just keep going at this and explore it? And I did, and it got so big that I I mentioned uh, to Eric last month that I had to have a dividing line because I'm a pantser by nature. So I just write and just go. I don't plot anything, but I cut off the dude's half of his leg, his right leg. And I'm like, hey, that's the dividing line of his life. That's the middle of what he's doing here or attempting to do by uh, annihilating these scumbags. So, so I have his, his previous uh, partner, Batista, when he had his leg and post leg, uh, when he finds this new partner, uh, Jeremiah Abram, who is the son of the man who killed Ryder's sister and mother. So a bright line in his life. He's losing a leg. Why didn't you just take his hand? It would have been easier. <laughs> well, that's what you get for being a pantser, I guess. I guess, yeah. So the first the first story in All Them to Burn is Clean Up Men. You kind of have an interesting device in there. It's in the first person, but you're talking right through the fourth wall at the reader. And as the reader, you're kind of assuming the role of this guy who is... Uh, mild spoiler alert here, but it's in the first couple of paragraphs, restrained and facing some wrath uh, from from the narrator. D is that something you just, you planned from the very beginning or is that something that came up after you started going into revisions for the story or what was the genesis of that? It actually uh, started in a second book, uh, The Big Machine Eats. As, as, as writer's stories uh, grown and the way that I, I, I tell his story, I just don't want to have in his actual stories all his backstory but I have to just regurgitate every time. So I use it as a, like a previously on device. There's, I think there's five stories or maybe four stories in, uh, in, uh, the big machine eats. And actually I think I was wrong. I think there is one in, uh, the first book, a better kind of hate. And that's where it actually started. Uh, and it's just a fresh or to me, it's a fresh way of telling Bishop's story by making him a secondary character in his own narrative. And it's just, it, it's, it's taken off. I think all told, out of all three books, there's probably maybe 12 stories where I use the unnamed narrator to, to, to push uh, Bishop's uh, narrative. Anyways, I, I want to say that it was I did it on purpose, but I think I just stumbled onto it, that I wanted to tell Bishop's story from another person's point of view. I just never wanted to go third person with, with Bishop. It just didn't feel right. I think a lot of art happens because the artist stumbles onto something and then makes good with it. So, I, Oh, you know what? I, uh, I will have to agree there. Yes. That's the uh, only reason I'm talking to you now. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so how, so how many Bishop writer stories across the three collections would you guess there are, or do you know the exact number? Uh, yeah, there's, I think there's nine in the first book, 16 or 15 in the second book and 19 in uh, the third book. Wow. 
So you're mm-hmm. over over forty. Oh yeah, I think I'm a, I'm I'm just below a hundred right now total. Yeah. Jeez. So you were writing this character. It's interesting to me. I interview a lot of writers and, and, you know, I'm friends with a bunch. And of course I read a a bunch of them. And most of the time, this conversation would be about novels, a series of novels, but you've done this uh, via the short story vehicle. And you're, you're kind of an anomaly there in that you live mostly in the short story realm very successfully. I mean, I think of someone like John Floyd has had a lot of uh, short stories that, and he's very good at those. Uh, is that a conscious decision that you've made or is this just the length of the stories that you're wanting to tell? I just think I'm of two minds. I like to make things hard on myself. <laughs> of course I do, right? <laughs> Why would I want to make it easy? And then second, I, I mentioned this to Eric last month too. I just don't think I have it in me to write a novel. I wish I did. And he said, I, I do. And I'm like, well, thank you. But I just, it's just the longest story I've ever written is 5,000 words. And that's all I've gotten to. And it's just every other time that I've tried to do it, it either peters out or it just it's just garbage to me, even after revision after revision. So I just find that I I can between I, I told him too, like my sweet spot is around 1500 to 2000 words and I can hit all the beats that I want to hit to push his or propel his story along. So I'm just uh, doing what works, in my opinion. Well, and, you know, uh, th- that's interesting because I was struck by how the length of the stories in all of them to burn, they're not very long some of them it's like you hit your your mark really quick with them i guess i you know i'm, I'm big on analogies my wife points that out to me uh, frequently and and i don't think it's much of a stretch though to to compare writers to musicians and i mean some songwriters and musicians i mean they need to play acoustic guitar and do folk songs and 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 some people can play heavy metal and do rel- on the electric guitar and that's you know they stick with what they're good at and what feels right for him. So yeah, good analogy. And you know what, I'll take it. You know what, I would not trade where I am right now for anything. So I'm just, uh, I'm happy to be here really. Now you, uh, people can maybe hear in your voice a little bit of a, a North of the border accent uh, you're up there. <laughs> I know I can, Canada. but yes, a lot of people mention that. <laughs> <laughs> you're in Ontario, correct? I am. Yeah. No igloo though. No. <laughs> Uh, well, Ontario is pretty populated. I mean, I, I think it's the most populous province, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty big up here. Yeah. Now, where I live, uh, well, I just moved to where I live, and it's only ten thousand people. But I come from a city called Brantford, which you might know is the home of Wayne Gretzky and Alexander Graham Bell, and that was a hundred thousand people. Yeah. Well, I I knew the first, but not the second. And how scary is mm-hmm. that? Huh? Um, <laughs> so, so do you? Is there is there a difference? in the style or the uh, character of, uh, you know, Canadian crime fiction and what you read south of the border? I mean, is there a distinct difference or is it, is it all, you know, of, of kind of the same cloth? You know what? It's a great question. And I had it last month. Your buddy Eric asked the same question. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> the same way. Yeah. I hate that um, guy. <laughs> no, I he beat you to the punch. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I can't say, honestly, uh, all I've read my whole life, I can't say that there's a difference between Canadian uh, fiction and American crime fiction, besides maybe some of the spelling of words. <laughs> color, I, I can't honor. Say that I see mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The, the saddest part about this conversation is that uh, it's now painfully clear that I missed that episode of Writer Types, and I'm, I'm pretty religious about <laughs> listening to that show. So uh, sorry, Eric. Uh, 
I missed that episode. I have to go back and listen to it. Uh, I should have done that before. I'm this. told it's a classic now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> I'm i told it's why he's going on hiatus. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That could be. That could be. I am a train wreck sometimes. <laughs> Uh, you know, the last story in all of them to burn is called once more with feeling. And I don't know why, but that, that struck me as just a really good title for the closing story. Um, where did, where did you come up with that? Well, I think probably, uh, the, that title's been in my head for a while. Uh, I enjoyed Buffy the Vampire Slayer and there was this musical episode called once more with feeling. Mm-hmm. And then when I, I knew, uh, when I started reading about, uh, Avengers uh, Endgame and they had this tagline part of the journey is the end and that's part of the genesis when I realized in that story I was going to kill Bishop Ryder you know but like I've always said I've given myself outs because uh, I've told a story at a sequence so I can still mm-hmm. tell stories in between his stories but I knew I was going to kill him but it was going to be does he go out in a blaze of glory or do I let him have 40 years of you know dismembering people so I chose 40 years of dismembering people <laughs> and uh, that's his, his sidekick in that story is the narrator and Bishop's already dead and he's killing the last six people that him and uh, Bishop uh, trapped. Well, I try to avoid spoilers where I can. And uh, that is the biggest spoiler any author's ever given on the show. So, <laughs> hey, man, I kill him in the last story of the, uh, the you know, he's dead. Yeah, uh, but it's the journey, right? Yeah. Right. It better be now. <laughs> yeah, it better be now. Yeah. Uh, so you're Canadian. Uh, you you come from uh, the Great One's hometown. Are you a big hockey fan or, or are you one of those weird Canadians who isn't? I am a weird Canadian. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's all Tiger with me. Golf. I, uh, golf. Uh, I wish my mom, my mom put me in bowling when I was eight. And I always tell her, I wish you to put me in golf because I didn't pick it up till I was 25 and I've been eating it ever since. That's interesting. There's a lot of crossover between hockey and golf, though. I mean, almost every hockey player seems like golfs. And in fact, they talk about when teams don't make the playoffs or, or lose in the first round. Then, you're you golfing know, early. Yeah, you're golfing yeah. early. Head, headed out to the yeah. golf course, that kind of thing so but it's so, such a different sport i mean like hockey to me is the ultimate team sport and golf is probably the ultimate solo sport mm-hmm. yep i'll agree to that yeah what do you like about it why yeah, I, why does it appeal to you oh, oh well that's the thing my uncle got me out when i was 25 and i'm like and i couldn't hit that freaking ball and i'm like this game sucks and i quit i'm like i'm not coming and somehow i don't know how it happened but he got me out when i was 26 and i hit this drive and i'm like Oh, that's what it feels like. And I've been golfing for what now, 22 years on. And I've been golfing since. It's just that you hit it and you realize what you can do with that club and that ball. Well, I'm still at the this game sucks stage. So I don't know. I can break 90 now. Uh, once in a while, I can break 80. I've had two hole in ones. So I, I, I've been very fortunate. Well, given that you're a short story writer, how's your short game? Oh, that's the best part of my game. Yeah. I can only hit it about 200, 210 yards, but the short game works. Yeah. Uh, Well, the series really of short story collections, A Better Kind of Hate, The Big Machine Eats, and now uh, All of Them to Burn, uh, which, spoiler alert, has the death of Bishop Ryder (laughs) in it. Uh, All these are short story collections uh, by Bo Johnson. Uh, And I want to tell you thanks uh, for coming on the show, Bo. Oh, Frank, thanks for having me. It's uh, It's been a pleasure. Uh, uh, like I said, my second podcast. I can't believe I'm here. I feel like I've arrived. <laughs> well, you're a natural. <laughs> oh, well, thanks. 
Okay, folks, there you go. Uh, Bo Johnson, interesting guy. Uh, it is kind of interesting to talk to someone who is pretty much exclusively a short story author. People like uh, Michael Bracken and uh, John Floyd are a couple of examples uh, that do the same as Bo does and stick to the short form. So it's interesting to hear the reasons behind that. Uh, I was sad to hear uh, Bo's book, Nook, is taking at least a hiatus. That, that seems to have happened quite a bit. In, in recent years. I did a special episode when the Seattle Mystery Bookshop was uh, closing. Not isolated incidents uh, at all, uh, and it makes me kind of wonder what the landscape will look like uh, once we come out of this uh, whole COVID mess. Uh, and we will come out of it, so keep your chin up. Um, anyway, our next episode will be an open and shut episode with Drew Murray, so tune in for that next week. Uh, Zafiro update, nothing to add other than Bad Chevy came out a month ago and Code 4 is coming out in about a month. So get your Charlie 316 fix going. Um, I will tease something uh, that I've been working on. I have a collection of short stories that has never been produced into audiobook form and I am endeavoring to produce it and uh, narrate it myself. So if you watch this space, you may hear more about the cleaner and uh, this little experiment that I'm trying. All right, I want to say thanks to Bo for coming on the show, to Down Out Books for being a great sponsor, and as always to you, the listener, thanks for dropping in. We're cruising towards 100 episodes, and uh, I appreciate you being along for the ride. Drew Murray on the next episode. Until then, this is Frank Zafiro reminding you, sometimes... You gotta be in the wrong place to write crime.